part two section nine of the freedom of the will by jonathan edwards this librivox recording is in the public domain of the connection of the acts of the will with the dictates of the understanding it is manifest that no acts of the will are contingent in such a sense as to be without all necessity or so as not to be necessary with a necessity of consequence and connection because every act of the will is some way connected with the understanding and is as the greatest apparent good is in the manner which has already been explained namely that the soul always wills or chooses that which in the present view of the mind considered in the whole of that view and all that belongs to it appears most agreeable because as was observed before nothing is more evident than that when men act voluntarily and do what they please then they do what appears most agreeable to them and to say otherwise would be as much as to affirm that men do not choose what appears to suit them best or what seems most pleasing to them or that they do not choose what they prefer which brings the matter to a contradiction and as it is very evident in itself that the acts of the will have some connection with the dictates or views of the understanding so this is allowed by some of the chief of the armenian writers particularly by dr whitby and dr samuel clark dr turnbull though a great enemy to the doctrine of necessity allows the same thing in his christian philosophy page one ninety six he with much approbation cites another philosopher as of the same mind in these words no man says an excellent philosopher sets himself about anything but upon some view or other which serves him for a reason for what he does and whatsoever faculties he employs the understanding with such light as it has well or ill formed constantly leads and by that light true or false all her operative powers are directed the will itself how absolute and incontrollable soever it may be thought never fails in its obedience to the dictates of the understanding temples have their sacred images and we see what influence they have always had over a great part of mankind but in truth the ideas and images in men's minds are the invisible powers that constantly govern them and to these they all pay universally a ready submission but whether this be in a just consistence with themselves and their own notions of liberty i desire may now be impartially considered dr whitby plainly supposes that the acts and determinations of the will always follow the understanding's view of the greatest good to be obtained or evil to be avoided or in other words that the determinations of the will constantly and infallibly follow these two things in the understanding one the degree of good to be obtained and evil to be avoided proposed to the understanding and apprehended viewed and taken notice of by it two the degree of the understanding's apprehension of that good or evil which is increased by attention and consideration that this is an opinion in which he is exceeding peremptory as he is in every opinion which he maintains in his controversy with the calvinists with disdain of the contrary opinion 
as absurd and self-contradictory will appear by the following words in his discourse on the five points now it is certain that what naturally makes the understanding to perceive is evidence proposed and apprehended considered or adverted to for nothing else can be requisite to make us come to the knowledge of the truth again what makes the will choose is something approved by the understanding and consequently appearing to the soul as good and whatsoever it refuseth is something represented by the understanding and so appearing to the will as evil whence all that god requires of us is and can be only this to refuse the evil and choose the good wherefore to say that evidence proposed apprehended and considered is not sufficient to make the understanding approve or that the greatest good proposed the greatest evil threatened when equally believed and reflected on is not sufficient to engage the will to choose the good and refuse the evil is in effect to say that which alone doth move the will to choose or to refuse is not sufficient to engage it so to do which being contradictory to itself must of necessity be false be it then so that we naturally have an aversion to the truths proposed to us in the gospel that only can make us indisposed to attend to them but cannot hinder our conviction when we do apprehend them and attend to them be it that there is in us also a is a renitency to the good we are to choose that only can indispose us to believe it is and to approve it as our chief is good be it that we are prone to the evil that we should decline that only can render it the more difficult for us to believe it is the worst of evils but yet what we do really believe to be our chiefest good will still be chosen and what we apprehend to be the worst of evils will whilst we do continue under that conviction be refused by us it therefore can be only requisite in order to these ends that the good spirit should so illuminate our understandings that we attending to and considering what lies before us should apprehend and be convinced of our duty and that the blessings of the gospel should be so propounded to us as that we may discern them to be our chiefest good and the miseries it threateneth so as we may be convinced that they are the worst of evils that we may choose the one and refuse the other here let it be observed how plainly and peremptorily it is asserted that the greatest good proposed and the greatest evil threatened when equally believed and reflected on is sufficient to engage the will to choose the good and refuse the evil and is that alone which doth move the will to choose or to refuse and that it is contradictory to itself to suppose otherwise and therefore must of necessity be false and then what we do really believe to be our chiefest good will still be chosen and what we apprehend to be the worst of evils will whilst we continue under that conviction be refused by us nothing could have been said more to the purpose fully to signify that the determinations of the will must evermore follow the illumination conviction and notice of the understanding with regard to the greatest good and evil proposed reckoning both the degree of good and evil understood and the degree of understanding notice and conviction of that proposed good and evil and that it is thus necessarily and can be otherwise in no instance because it is asserted that it implies a contradiction to suppose it ever to be otherwise i am sensible the doctor's aim in these assertions is against the calvinists 
to show in opposition to them that there is no need of any physical operation of the spirit of god on the will to change and determine that to a good choice but that god's operation and assistance is only moral suggesting ideas to the understanding which he supposes to be enough if those ideas are attended to infallibly to obtain the end but whatever his design was nothing can more directly and fully proved that every determination of the will in choosing and refusing is necessary directly contrary to his own notion of the liberty of the will for if the determination of the will evermore in this manner follows the light conviction and view of the understanding concerning the greatest good and evil and this be that alone which moves the will and it be a contradiction to suppose otherwise then it is necessarily so the will necessarily follows this lighter view of the understanding not only in some of its acts but in every act of choosing and refusing so that the will does not determine itself in any one of its own acts but every act of choice and refusal depends on and is necessarily connected with some antecedent cause which cause is not the will itself nor any act of its own nor anything pertaining to that faculty but something belonging to another faculty whose acts go before the will in all its acts and govern and determine them here if it should be replied that although it be true that according to the doctor the final determination of the will always depends upon and is infallibly connected with the understanding's conviction and notice of the greatest good yet the acts of the will are not necessary because that conviction of the understanding is first dependent on a preceding act of the will in determining to take notice of the evidence exhibited by which means the mind obtains that degree of conviction which is sufficient and effectual to determine the consequent and ultimate choice of the will and the will with regard to that preceding act whereby it determines whether to attend or no is not necessary and that in this the liberty of the will consists that when god holds forth sufficient objective light the will is at liberty whether to command the attention of the mind to it or not nothing can be more weak and inconsiderate than such a reply as this for that preceding act of the will in determining to attend and consider still is an act of the will if the liberty of the will consists in it as is supposed as if it be an act of the will it is an act of choice or refusal and therefore if what the doctor asserts be true it is determined by some antecedent light in the understanding concerning the greatest apparent good or evil for he asserts it is that light which alone doth move the will to choose or refuse and therefore the will must be moved by that in choosing to attend to the objective light offered in order to another consequent act of choice so that this act is no less necessary than the other and if we suppose another act of the will still preceding both these mentioned to determine both still that also must be an act of the will an act of choice and so must by the same principles be infallibly determined by some certain degree of light in the understanding concerning the greatest good and let us suppose as many acts of the will one preceding another as we please yet are they every one of them necessarily determined by a certain degree of light in the understanding concerning the greatest and most eligible good in that case and so not one of them free according to dr whitby's notion of freedom and if it be said the reason why men do not attend to light held forth is because of ill habits contracted by evil acts committed before whereby their minds are indisposed to consider the truth held forth to them the difficulty is not at all avoided 
still the question returns what determined the will in those preceding evil acts it must by dr whitby's principle still be the view of the understanding concerning the greatest good and evil if this view of the understanding be that alone which doth move the will to choose or refuse as the doctor asserts then every act of choice or refusal from a man's first existence is moved and determined by this view and this view of the understanding exciting and governing the act must be before the act and therefore the will is necessarily determined in every one of its acts from a man's first existence by a cause beside the will and a cause that does not proceed from or depend on any act of the will at all which at once utterly abolishes the doctor's whole scheme of liberty of will and he at one stroke has cut the sinews of all his arguments from the goodness righteousness faithfulness and sincerity of god in his commands promises threatenings calls invitations and expostulations which he makes use of under the heads of reprobation election universal redemption sufficient and effectual grace and the freedom of the will of man and has made vain all his exclamations against the doctrine of the calvinists as charging god with manifest unrighteousness unfaithfulness hypocrisy fallaciousness and cruelty dr samuel clark in his demonstration of the being and attributes of god to evade the argument to prove the necessity of volition from its necessary connection with the last dictate of the understanding supposes the latter not to be diverse from the act of the will itself but if it be so it will not alter the case as to the necessity of the act if the dictate of the understanding be the very same with the determination of the will as dr clark supposes then this determination is no fruit or effect of choice and if so no liberty of choice has any hand in it it is necessary that is choice cannot prevent it if the last dictate of the understanding be the same with the determination of volition itself then the existence of that determination must be necessary as to volition inasmuch as volition can have no opportunity to determine whether it shall exist or no it having existence already before volition has opportunity to determine anything it is itself the very rise and existence of volition but a thing after it exists has no opportunity to determine as to its own existence it is too late for that if liberty consists in that which armenians suppose these in the will determining its own acts having free opportunity and being without all necessity this is the same as to say that liberty consists in the soul having power and opportunity to have what determinations of the will it pleases and if the determinations of the will and the last dictates of the understanding be the same thing then liberty consists in the mind having power and opportunity to choose its own dictates of understanding but this is absurd for it is to make the determination of choice prior to the dictate of understanding and the ground of it which cannot consist with the dictate of the understanding being the determination of choice itself here is no alternative but to recur to the old absurdity of one determination before another and the cause of it and another before determining that and so on in infinitum if the last dictate of the understanding be the determination of the will itself and the soul be free with regard to that dictate in the armenian notion of freedom then the soul before that dictate of his understanding exists voluntarily and according to its own choice determines in every case what that dictate of the understanding shall be otherwise that dictate as to the will is necessary and the acts determined by it must also be necessary so that here is a determination of the mind 
prior to that dictate of the understanding an act of choice going before it choosing and determining what that dictate of the understanding shall be and this preceding act of choice being a free act of will must also be the same with another last dictate of the understanding and if the mind also be free in that dictate of understanding that must be determined still by another and so on for ever besides if the dictate of the understanding and determination of the will be the same this confounds the understanding and will and makes them the same whether they be the same or no i will not now dispute but only would observe that if it be so and the armenian notion of liberty consists in a self-determining power in the understanding free of all necessity being independent undetermined by anything prior to its own acts and determinations and the more the understanding is thus independent and sovereign over its own determinations the more free then the freedom of the soul as a moral agent must consist in the independence of the understanding on any evidence or appearance of things or anything whatsoever that stands forth to the view of the mind prior to the understanding's determination and what a liberty is this consisting in an ability freedom and easiness of judging either according to evidence or against it having a sovereign command over itself at all times to judge either agreeably or disagreeably to what is plainly exhibited to its own view certainly it is no liberty that renders persons the proper subjects of persuasive reasoning arguments expostulations and such like moral means and inducements the use of which with mankind is a main argument of the armenians to defend their notion of liberty without all necessity for according to this the more free men are the less they are under the government of such means less subject to the power of evidence and reason and more independent on their influence in their determinations and whether the understanding and will are the same or no as dr clark seems to suppose yet in order to maintain the armenian notion of liberty without necessity the free will is not determined by the understanding nor necessarily connected with the understanding and the further from such connection the greater the freedom and when the liberty is full and complete the determinations of the will have no connection at all with the dictates of the understanding and if so in vain are all the applications to the understanding in order to induce to any free virtuous act and so in vain are all instructions counsels invitations expostulations and all arguments and, and persuasives whatsoever for these are but applications to the understanding and a clear and lively exhibition of the objects of choice to the mind's view but if after all the will must be self-determined and independent on the understanding to what purpose are things thus represented to the understanding in order to determine the choice end of part two section nine